Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money, educating the investors of the South Shore and Merrimack Valley since 1992 on the South Shore anyway, recently airing uh, up in the Merrimack Valley on 980 AM WCAP, as well as on the South Shore 95.9 WATD. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed with McNamara Financial, and I'm joined by my husband, Kirk Reed, this morning, also my business partner, fellow financial advisor. Good I don't morning. even think we said good morning to each good other morning. yet. Good morning. The mornings are incredibly crazy, especially when we get to get the kids out of the house over to the to to their yaya's house the for, yaya's. for a morning uh, with their grandmother. So, good morning, everyone. Thanks for listening. Um, our topic this morning is the ever-evolving retirement plan. Now, this could be interpreted, I guess, in a couple of different ways. By retirement plan, we I meant for today's show. Um, a, a financial projection uh, into your future or a financial model, as I like to call it. Retirement plan could also be interpreted as 401k, IRA, and, and an actual uh, savings account for retirement. But what we're focusing on today is, um, I guess, the importance of having a financial plan in place for yourself, meaning savings goals, or excuse me, savings targets, financial goals, sort of an outline for your financial future future. We've, we talk about that frequently on the show, but also what we want to focus on today is how it is ever evolving or it should be. And it, it is in our practice anyway, and how we can use that financial plan that we have in place for our client um, in many different ways. I think we have at least half a, do- half a dozen ways, if not more, that we can take that plan and I'm going to use the word manipulate, even though I feel like that's not a great word to use in the, in the world of investing and financial planning, but we can take a financial model plan and we can manipulate it to solve other problems or answer lots of different questions for a client that aren't necessarily just, when can I retire? Can I afford to retire? Because that's, that's kind of like the number one um, use for you know, a financial plan, otherwise known as a retirement plan, but there's lots of different ways that we can um, manipulate that plan and change it around so that we can we can solve for other things like how much can I afford to pay for college? How much life insurance do I need? Can I afford long-term care insurance? Do I even need long-term care insurance? Can I afford another property? Um, you know, how, can I afford to gift this asset or this amount annually to my kids or grandkids? So we're going to talk about 
um, sort of all these different variables um, that we can use or all these different issues that we can use someone's retirement plan to um, solve and answer. Um, so if we, uh, I think I would, I was going to start by doing like a, just a quick overview of the, of the, the software itself that we utilize, because I think it helps people understand what a financial plan is, what a retirement plan is. And then, and then, you know, kind of cr- how we walk through the steps of creating a basic model. And then from there, we would talk about how we can change it around and, and what, what variables we can change to solve these solve for these other issues. Does that make sense? Sure. I think that makes sense. Can I make, uh, can I make one announcement first? Oh, sure. Um, I believe that this is a tax-free weekend. Uh, so I wanted to make that announcement. Oh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right, it is. Right. I yep. This I is the I big thought, weekend. I thought that was pretty important. Uh, August 17th and 18th, right? Yeah. So basically, yeah. So instead of paying the state, uh, you know, normally it's, you know, six and a quarter percent uh, sales tax. Uh, <laughs> it says, you know, that's that does not apply this weekend to most purchases in Massachusetts. Uh, it says it does not apply to, like, cars and boats and, um, let's see, gas, utilities, cigarettes, alcohol, you know, a couple of things, but yeah. Yeah. So if you're looking for like a couch or something, maybe a good weekend to do that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Hey, that's financially, financial related. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Back to the ever evolving retirement plan. Um, all right. So what I wanted to start with, and this is actually what we do in practice. Oh. Um, what we do is when we have a client, when we have someone who hasn't yet created a financial plan with us, um, as, or or when we meet a new person that we're bringing on board, the first thing we do is, is start to work on this financial model. Um, and we can, we've, you know, we've talked about before, like we, you know, some, there's been times when we've kind of done this live on the air and had people follow along, but um, I think we'll just kind of give a brief overview today of the the inputs that we need, which is essentially the homework that we need someone to do in order for us to create a financial model. So step one is let's get some basic information about your financial life and use that to do to do like your long-term model, which is your retirement plan. Even if you're 35, 45 years old and retirement might still be pretty far off, it's not too early to to just do to get some basic data in there and to do some really long-term projections um because you know like we've said a thousand times on this show once you create a financial plan it should be something that you revisit if not annually at least every few years um so that you're updating things that you know as as things change as your life changes as markets change um as as interest rates change you know all these things it should you kind of should be going back to that and freshing it up and it's just so much easier to do when you have something in place to right. begin with right um so you have the software up we can kind of walk through the 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 information that we need from a client in order to do this and so um basically that translates to the homework that people need to do. And some of it's pretty easy, you know, grab some financial statements and um, log on to socialsecurity.gov and grab a projection. But uh, some of it is more complicated, like getting pension projections and um, sitting down and figuring out what you spend every month, which is probably the most daunting task for people as most people don't really track that ongoing. Um, But we just kind of wanted to walk through like what information we need from a client. We do actually have a, uh, like a model client loaded into our software. And I thought it would be great for today to, to take that model um, and just start manipulating it like we would do for a real client. Although we need a better word than manipulate because that's not a great, well, that's not a great word in the world. <laughs> Tim's shaking his head. No, don't no, no, no. Don't no, use that. No. Um, Adjust. Adjusting. Uh, there you go. Changing. Um, Tweak. Altering. Yep. Maybe altering. Tweaking is a good one. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're a financial professional. You can't use the word manipulate, no, right? No. Um, all right. So Kirk, you're in the software right now. We're sitting across from each other, so I can't see your screen. And we were trying to figure out how to do screen share, but I might be able to do it, but oh, okay. Well, if you can do it, let me know. Okay. um, All right. So homework that we need from a client, what do we need? You know, what are the basics that we need in order to create a financial model? I think we'll just start with that and then we'll start 
we'll start testing from there. Sure. So one of the you know one of the big things yeah, I guess you know most people usually most people have a mortgage uh, for the most part. So you know we want you know we want all the details on the mortgage. You know what's how much you know what's the balance that's left. Uh, what's the interest rate that you're paying. Um, you know what's the monthly payment in terms of you know principal and interest. Um, and then, you know, uh, on top of that, you know, you also need to know, you know, well, what are your real estate taxes and, and home insurance? But that kind of goes into, into other expenses. But, you know, we want to know what your, what your current debts are and, you know, be able to model them to make them kind of, you know, amortize or pay yeah. off, uh, pay off on, a, on whatever the schedule is. And most, most of the time, if someone just grabs their most recent statement for whatever debt it is, we can grab all the information that we need. Right. They don't necessarily so really, yeah. need to yep. break it down, but we can, all the information is like on the top a half of the front page of, of your statement, at least for a mortgage. But yeah, really any debt. Any debt, right. So mortgage, you know, car loan. Yeah, um, student loans, student if loans, they still have yep. them, yeah. Um, um, credit card loan, if you have a you know a balance that you're carrying. Yeah, um, even personal loans, stuff like that. And and the reason, like as, as Kirk just mentioned, the reason is that we would, we want to make sure that those expenses, which are in your life, go away at their scheduled time. So, you know, with a mortgage, we, you know, you can pull up an amortization table. The software will amortize that loan and, and make the payment go away at the appropriate time. We can also use the software to um, play around with overpayment of certain debts and, and, you know, overpaying by X amount per month and how much, you know, how how much sooner can I pay that debt off versus its its regular um, schedule? So we can use the software to play around with that. So really, we need a, a picture of um, any debt that you carry whatsoever uh, with interest rate payment, et cetera, and we can use the software to figure out a, a payoff schedule. Um, so then, it obviously, coupled with debts are what assets you have, and really by that we mean financial assets, um, cash, investment accounts, retirement accounts. Um, and real estate properties, your primary um, residence. Um, really, we would just ballpark an estimated value and, and we don't, the software by default does not spend the equity in your home unless we override that that default. And, and we there are situations where someone does plan to use equity in the home at some point. Um, some people have you know investment properties, rental properties, and we would factor that in generally speaking, um, it, especially if there will, if there's an intended sale down the road, and especially if there's rental income that they're that they're using or consuming um, in in your life, um, so so by assets, you know that's pretty easy. It's just you know ballpark value of a, a real estate property. However, if it's an investment property, we would want some idea of um, average monthly or annual rental income plus expenses on the property plus maybe some tax information, but we can just quickly grab that from a tax return regarding the uh, depreciation of the property. Um, and with financial assets, grabbing that information is pretty easy because everyone either gets a statement monthly or quarterly in the mail, or they get an email with a statement. Right, um, and then yeah, and then looking at a statement, you know, we can determine, you know, how is how are those accounts invested, um, and you know, we can kind of make a guess on, you know, what we think um, it might earn going forward based on those allocations. Um, yeah, an educated uh, guess. Yeah, right, <laughs> an, an educated guess, and and then obviously that the conversation might be whether or not. Whether or not their you know current current holdings are appropriate uh, you know for them based on their you know situation, um, okay. So that was accounts, right? Or, that uh, was assets, yeah. assets, debts, um, and then I guess cash. You know, any sources of cash flow is really the other big right. Um, the other big data input that we need, and um, you know, most pay stubs are great if someone can just you know send us a copy of their pay stub. That works perfectly. We can do the math. Um, if not, just you know, pretty much everyone knows what they earn for income. Although you'd be surprised. You know, sometimes I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you, you ask somebody to like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> um, but a pay stub works great for that. And then projected sources of income in the future. Um, obviously, Social Security. The the administration doesn't mail those statements every year anymore. It really used to be annually. Now it's every five years on your on your. 10th, 5th and 10th birthdays, like, you know, 45, 50, 55, I think they're, they're still going to be mailing physical statements on those, that 5 and 10 year. But you can log in anytime to socialsecurity.gov and it's pretty quick and easy to log in. You just need your, I think you just need your social, maybe your date of birth and they, um, you can set up a login there and you can view your statement at any time on that website. And you can also do some 
projections regarding future benefit amount. And you, it's pretty cool. They have some tools where you can, there's like the default projection for what my social security income would be, but you can run some other projections too. Like if you anticipate changes in income, either up or down, that will affect potentially your future social security benefit. So you can play around with some um, tools that they have on that website, which I think is pretty cool because it, well, it's more accurate if, if you do anticipate changes and um, because the when you, the default assumption, like when you get that statement of your, your projected social security benefit at your full retirement age, like if you're 35 and, you, and you're, they're projecting out your social security benefit at 67, that is assuming that your earnings are roughly what they are in for that 32 year period right. of time in that example. I actually, I'm assuming they they factor in cost of living, like in that example, they would factor in, you know, maybe cost of living growth on your on your annual income. But if you're in a profession or, or if you're self-employed and you anticipate substantial increases in earnings over time, that, that your future social security benefit could be a lot higher in that example than, um, than, than what the statement says and vice versa. Unfortunately, if you're unemployed for a period of time and you know, or earnings are significantly lower for a period of time that can affect it in the other direction. So um, that, that website's pretty cool. Socialsecurity.gov, you can, you can, anyone can create a login. Um, anyone that ha- is paying into the social security system can create a login and play around with um, some future projections, which is very useful when you come, when it comes to creating a financial model. However, having said that, we generally, um, or I generally, especially with someone on the younger side, I like to be very conservative with my estimate of what social security income will be given the financial state of the social security administration. Um, so when I'm doing this for someone in their thirties and maybe even forties, I just go very, I, I'm very conservative um, with what that monthly income might be. I really lowball the cost of living adjustments on that. And I might even lowball the benefit itself, depending on the age of someone. People on the older side, 50s and 60s, I don't necessarily um, feel that I need to manipulate, or <laughs> there's that word manipulate again, I gotta stop using it. I don't necessarily think that I need to um, be as conservative. I'm always conservative with my assumptions, but but not as conservative with someone on the older side when it comes to social security. Um, other future sources of cash flow um, pensions are still around. They're not incredibly common, but there are still uh, there's still a subset of of the population that will have a fixed or a defined benefit pension in retirement, which is a fixed stream of income. Municipal employees, um, teachers, um, federal employees, and and there are some companies that still have defined benefit pensions. So. Um, getting an estimate of what that future benefit will be is incredibly helpful. Um, also people also like, you know, people in unions like the Brick Masons Union or the electric, electrical, I don't know what they're, what's it, what it's called, the electrician's union. I'm not sure. Electrical yeah. worker union. Ele- yeah. International like Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. IBEW. Is that right? Yep. Is that right? Yep. Oh, IBEW. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so some of those unions still have pension benefits for um, their members. So, um, it's very helpful for people to get a future benefit projection. And when someone's in their 30s or 40s, they might not have seen that yet. And um, so, so just contacting whoever uh, HR or you know whoever is in that department with regards to um, giving a pension projection is is really helpful. So, so that's on the income side. You know, current income from all sources. Um, you know, you might have in rental income we discussed. Some people have, you know, annuity income. Maybe they inherited something from someone. They might have fixed income from that. Um, current income helpful. Future projected income, obviously, uh, necessary as well. Um, and then the other big variable that we need in the software, besides assets, debts, and and income, is expenses. So outflows. Yeah. So we. And this is the big one. Yeah. Uh, we covered inflows, but outflows is. Um, incredibly important and also incredibly hard to to estimate you know we you know we ask people to you know we give them kind of a template for you know with, with you know several categories and you know and to kind of help them you know figure out what they spend on a, on a monthly basis um, and but we do tell them you know please go through a whole a whole 12 months you know going backwards so that you can catch you know one-time things that you know might often be missed if you only look at a month or two but the thing is there's 
there are always going to be one-time expenses. You know, you buy a, a new refrigerator or whatever it is, you know, that's, you know, maybe a big ticket item that, you know, you certainly don't do on a monthly basis, but, yeah. you know, because we'll put, you know, we'll go, you know, people spend some time and they go through and they give us, you know, these, these nice numbers and then, <laughs> you know, we plug it in and then there's, you know, thousands of dollars missing, yeah. you know, when we look at their, at their salaries and you say, well, where did this money go? And they say, I don't know. And, yeah. you know, well, I mean, they spent it, right? Yeah. And that's fine. And, but, um, you know, it's, it's, so it's, it's, it's a tough thing to model, you know, and you just kind of, you kind of do your best. And, and that's why, that's why this is, you know, this is the ever evolving plan, as you said, <laughs> uh, because, because your expenses do change from year to year. It's, it, there's yeah. no two years are alike. Uh, uh, and that's why you keep doing this. I was thinking as I, earlier this morning, when I was thinking about the show that I, I coin a lot of terms, Kirk, and I feel like we're going to need some money set aside for legal fees so for that the, I can be okay. trademarking some of my, some of my legal, I, I have some more terms that I'm going to be throwing out later in the show. That, well, it is being recorded. That, that so at I least we, feel, we have some proof. <laughs> I feel yeah. like, I do feel like I'm coining a lot of important terms here and be able to, maybe I'll write a book one day. Um, but yeah, so we actually, um, yeah, so expenses, so, huge. And expenses, yeah. and obviously, you know, we, the best you can do is current expenses. Um, yeah. You know, we try to help people think about, you know, what their future expenses might be, you know, you know, maybe if they're, if they still have kids in the house and they're spending, you know, twice, twice the amount on like food, you know, that they might, you know, be when the kids are out of the house, you know, we can try to uh, adjust that. Yeah. Not manipulate, adjust that, that adjust, uh, yeah, yeah. down the road. Uh, healthcare is another one. You know, yeah. if they're if they're in a family plan, you know, that might go down to a, you know, to a to a single right. or a or a married couple at some point, which which would be a could be a big change. Um, you know, so we try to help them think about those things and make those adjustments. And again, those things just kind of flesh themselves out over time. Yeah. As, as you move on. I just had a great idea. So one of the one of the more common questions that I'm asked, especially as I discuss this particular topic with someone is, what do you recommend for a budgeting tool? Mm. Do you, you probably get that question Sometimes, all the time. Sometimes, yeah. Um, just because most people don't on their own do a very good job tracking expenses. I think there's a there's certainly a, a percentage of the population that has has the app on their phone that you, you know, either you need a budget or um, what's the other one? Mint.com is another popular one. Like. A lot, I think there's a lot of people that have downloaded that or installed that app, but maybe they don't use it as much as they would like to because it's you know not always as easy as it seems like it should be. But I get that question a lot, and and I know that there are a lot of ways that people can track their expenses, um, and there's a lot of apps out there and softwares. I think I'm going to have to have an intern one of these days really soon. And their responsibility is to test out all of these apps and softwares mm. and and do like a presentation on, you know, pros and cons of all of them. Isn't that a fantastic idea? Because yes. I, I just, I've always wanted to to do this. I just haven't had the time to, I mean, there's dozens of them I'd, and I just don't have the time to test them all out. Um, so actually, if anyone is listening and has a college student maybe interested in finance, um, that wants to, that might be interested in, in a little project for McNamara Financial. I think I would be very interested in that. You can go to our website, McNamaraFinancial.com and, and, and contact me, Alyssa, Ma Alyssa McNamara-Reed, or, or call the office if you have like a, I would say a college-age student looking um, looking for an internship. I would I would really appreciate that because you know what, twenty some teenagers and twenty somethings are really comfortable with software anyway. This is probably the perfect uh, employee to test out some software, someone on the younger side. So I would be very interested in that. Um, <clears throat> anyway, we digress. Okay, so we have in our software a test financial a test model, right? Yes. So we have a pretend client, Mr. and Mrs. Client. We're really the the <laughs> really creative with the name there. And we were gonna we put some data in and we're gonna kinda use this model as our base model and then do some alterations, alterations. from there. Mm -hmm. Um so this Mr. and Mrs. Client, I think they're age fifty seven. Let me see. So we did we wanted to model an age where they are pre-retirees, so like close enough to retirement where they're thinking about that. Um, 
established enough potentially in their careers where they they have substantial income and have the ability to think about different things like maybe a second property or um, or maybe gifting or um, you, you know have assets to protect and might be doing some estate planning or insurance planning. Um, but we also wanted to make them an age where maybe they have kids that aren't yet in college um, and we could do some you know kind of solving for affordability of of uh, tuition and so they're age 57 I think so they are the same age right they are yeah, yeah yeah so they're both 57 and we have a target you know a retirement date of 65 okay so yeah they're, so. so they're eight years away from retirement okay um, and I can't remember if we put um, dependent children into the model, but we should do at least, we should do that, put one or two kids maybe that aren't in college yet and kind of, we can kind of help solve for that. Um, I think we made them... Billy Billy and Susie client? I do, is that right? No, yeah. they're, no they're, they're not in there. I'm just, <laughs> Go for I it. I can add them. Whatever in. you want. Be more creative than Mr. and Mrs. I would have probably put son and daughter. Oh, actually, no, you did You did put them in there and actually they're just called test client. No, no, you, you called them eighth grader, 11th grader, and third grader. Oh, okay. Okay, yes. perfect. Love it. Um, so that's relatively. Oh, and they're creative. all girls. And they're all girls, just uh, like me and you have all yeah, girls. Yeah. Um, so I think we made their income in the combined two hundred and fifty thousand dollar a year range. Mm. So I wanted to have it as at a level of income where they could meet basic expenses, put money in retirement, and and have some money left over because we're going to be talking about you know solving for free cash and yes. and ability to to have free cash and and use that cash on other financial goals. So um, what are, what are the other high points? Do these people have a mortgage or is their mortgage paid off? Uh, they have okay. So you have them. They don't have a mortgage, but they have student loans on the order of about a hundred thousand dollars. All right. Well, let's call that a mortgage at two hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Um. So they have a, a mortgage, but they're in their late fifties. So so theoretically, the mortgage is um, relatively small and hopefully paid off in the next five to ten years. You said two hundred thousand. Yeah, some 150, 200, yeah, something like that. Um, and then we're gonna we're gonna give them assets. In I don't know that we got to the asset screen yet, but let me just give you this kind of overview of this model. And then after the break here in a minute, we are going to um, manipulate. So while we're working on the amount of debt and the amount of assets, we'll give we'll give a quick overview of that. And then we're going to start talking about how this model okay. um, can change. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. You're listening to McNamara on Money. We are going to take a short break and come right back in just a minute. We're back. You're listening to McNamara on Money. Invest, excuse me, educating the investors at the South Shore and the Merrimack Valley since 1992. Uh, I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed with McNamara Financial, joined this morning by my husband and business partner and fellow financial advisor, Kirk Reed. And we are doing some um, financial modeling today regarding the ever-evolving retirement plan, uh, which is something that we practice in our office, is, which is basically just ways to um, use a financial model for a client in lots of different ways. So we sort of spent the first part of the show um, kind of laying the groundwork. What is a financial plan? What information do we need to create a model for a client? Um, we have a test model in our software right now, and we're going to start playing around with um, with some assumptions. So this is a call-in talk radio show. If you're in the South Shore area, you can call us 781-837-4900. If you're in the Merrimack Valley, you can email us questions, uh, questions at McNamaraonmoney.com. Um, so I think, Kirk, do we have our, our test client set up and ready to go so that we can start solving for some um, solving for some, I was going to say problems, but it's not really solving problems. It's more like well, kind of modeling different things. Answering questions. Answering questions. So yeah. we have Mr. and Mrs. Klein, ages 57. Between the two of them, they make about $250,000. They make good money. Um, they've got a few kids. Uh, a couple of them still need to go through college. They have, um, uh, they own a home, one home. They have a reasonable amount of debt. Um, I don't know, what, what did you put? 150000 150, debt left, left on the mortgage. On the mortgage yep. Yep. So on a good track to pay off the mortgage. Um, they have a good amount of assets saved up. I think you were going to give them, what, eight nine $900,000 in yep. retirement assets yep. saved up. So they've done well saving over time. Um, and, and their cash flow is sufficient to, to meet their expenses plus put money in 
one or both retirement accounts. I think I had Mr. Client or Mrs. Client maxing his 401k. Um, and, you know, in, 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 in retirement, they've got, you know, a social security income, maybe a small pension. Um, and, and we were just, you know, so this is just an example. It's, it's the, the, this part right here, of course, this is made up information, but maybe not too far off from some of the people that we've worked with in the past and, and currently work with. And so, um, yeah, so I think, you know, so to kind of, I think we talked a little bit about this, but, you know, we put, we put a plan together for someone and, you know, it's based on all the information that we have today. And, and we make, you know, we make our best guesses and, and assumptions about the future, but there will be things that are going to come up and that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. You know, there will be these, you know, or, you know, things that happen and, you know, they don't have much control over or somebody might come in and have like a what if scenario that they want to run by us. Um, and so then we can say, okay, we have your base, you know, we have kind of your base plan in our software. Now we can just go in and kind of adjust some of the, some of the things and, yep. and see, see if the, how that affects your overall, you know, plan. Right. And, you know, to us, uh, we have this, what we call the Monte Carlo uh, analysis, which is kind of how we, you know, that's kind of our score. It's, our it's, 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 it's kind of the score, you yeah. know, as far as what your plan looks like. Uh, you know, that's kind of the best way we can kind of boil it down. And so for this, you know, this particular uh, test case that we have plugged in, you know, these folks, you know, they're eight years away from retirement. You know, they have, you know, we talked a little bit about what their salaries are, what their, their debts are, what their, what their savings are. And so the, you know, kind of the end assumption is that, you know, we plugged in, we said they're going to live to 90. Okay. You know, so that's kind of like the, that's the goal. You know, they want to live to age 90 and, you know, not run out of assets. And so when we run the Monte Carlo, it basically, you know, puts everything together, all the assumptions, you know, that we've plugged in, you know, it, um, you know, rates of return and it kind of varies those and kind of gives us, you know, kind of the most realistic guess uh, at yeah. what, what the plan might look like long term. And so when I when I run it as is, yeah, uh, it comes back and says eighty five percent. Okay. So that's so that's you know so that's that's a good score. Basically, what that means is, you know, it and this and this we usually run more scenarios, but today for today we're just running a hundred scenarios uh, to make the the software work a little quicker. Yeah. Um, and so what that means is that, you know, out of a hundred possible scenarios that ran, uh, in in eighty five of them. Uh, these clients, you know, they lived to age 90 and, and still had money left. They did not run out of assets right. before but age there, 90. But there yeah. were 15, you know, 15 uh, out of the 100 um, that they fell short at some point along the way. Okay. And they ran out of money before age 90. So factoring in good markets and bad markets, if there's poor markets, there is a, there is a small chance that they run out of assets before age 90. Okay, so we could do, like, and we have done, and we could do a whole other show on like where kind of where we go from here from a retirement model point of view, you know, it's things like, well, what does it look like if you work a year longer? What does it work like if you, what does it look like if you save an extra, you know, 500 a month for retirement? You know, there's different things that we could um, change and alter to make that score higher if they, if they feel that they want a higher um, probability of success than that. But that's like a whole nother show. And, and our intent for today was once we have a basic retirement model in place, how else can we use it for this client? So for example, one I think one of the more powerful things about this tool is that it does a really good current detailed cash flow analysis, which is basically all it is is here's my income or my inflows, right? Income, here are my expenses, including an estimate for federal, state, and payroll taxes. And here's what is left over and if there's nothing left over here's how I fell short so it's it's analyzing someone's cash flow and it does it over uh, it does it over a one year period of time cash flow for many people is month to month but we happen to look at it in the software annually and i think that's important well number 1 because you need to make sure someone is cash flow either what we call break even or positive which means that you're not spending more than you make and you know, because if someone's cash flow negative, that means they're spending too much. They can't afford their life. They're going to be accruing debt, right? So, so we obviously need to make sure that that's not the case. Um, but, but you know, making sure they they're they can at least afford their life and and their financial goals. But beyond that, there's there's so many different ways that 
people might either need to or want to use their free cash, which what I call free cash, which would be, here's my income, here are my expenses, and maybe there's some, hopefully there's some money left over. I guess that's kind of the goal for everybody um, is to have at least some left over to save and or reduce debt and or you know do other things with. So, so this is a great way for someone to see with their own eyes. I, I, I'm a visual learner. I think a lot of people are visual learners. And if they give us some information and we turn around and just put, literally just put it up on the screen in front of them and say, this is just math. This is what you probably have left over at the end of the month. I mean, there's, you know, what we do is we take someone's numbers and we um, sort of like check it against reality too. Like if the software come, you know, if they give us some expenses and the software comes back and says you're positive by a thousand dollars a month and they're saying, well, my, my bank account isn't growing by $1,000 a month, I don't know what you're talking about, then we have to change the, the data inputs and actually they're spending that $1,000 a month. But analyzing current cash flow is just a great way to have, to, it leads us into other discussions with someone because I just had a meeting um, this past week <coughs> and the goal of the meeting was essentially how much can this couple afford for their two kids for college education. And I can't answer that, or I don't feel comfortable answering that until I go through this exercise, which is let's put together a successful retirement model for you. And then we'll go in and we'll look at your cash flow and we'll figure out what's free and what's available to direct to college, right? And I'm assuming you do the same thing. Um, because I think a mistake that a lot of people make uh, maybe a mistake, uh, 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 well, I guess I'll continue with that. I, a mistake that I think a lot of people make is blindly paying for college educations. Not, not that it's a mistake because everybody loves their kids. I don't know if it's blind, but, it's, but, it's, but I would say it's maybe short-sighted. Perfect word. Yeah. yeah. So sort of paying for that education without maybe they know it, they probably know, a lot of people know it's gonna impact their financial future and their retirement, but they might know, they might not know the extent of that effect or the actual ramifications or. Yeah, but I guess, I guess to, to back that up, you know, maybe, you know, maybe some parents, maybe, maybe their priorities, maybe number one is paying for college yep. and maybe, maybe retirements too. Yep. And maybe they're willing to, you know, if, if yep. you're willing to sacrifice, you know, your, your, you know, uh, your future retirement um, because you want to pay for college and that's your goal, then okay. Yeah. But, you know, but our job is just kind of to make sure they're aware of how, you know, what, how that might affect them long-term. Right. And I guess so, so I don't seem too cold-hearted by financial mistake. I, I don't mean that paying for college is a mistake. I certainly don't mean that because I have kids and I want to pay for their college expenses, at least most of them anyway, like, like a lot of people. Um, but I think, um, I think the mistake is that they don't, sort of analyze it first so that they're aware of, like you said, so that they're aware of of the ramifications to there. I mean, I think about stuff like that too. Like, you know, we've done some work on our house recently in our in our backyard and, and I love it. And I'm just kind of like, maybe I should have directed those funds to the college savings <laughs> accounts, you know, in, instead of that. But then, you know, I love my job and my career and I'm just kind of like, well, if I have to work another year in retirement, you know, so be it, you know? And so, you know, I guess maybe I'll feel differently in 30 years, but, um, but you know, this is because we do this every day, but that's where my mind went. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, we would generally speaking, put together, you know, to, to answer those, to answer questions like, what can I afford to do now beyond what I'm doing? And the biggest things are uh, saving for college, um, maybe saving for or putting money down on a second property, um, gifting, like people might, you know, their kids might be in need of something or they just want to start gifting. So in order for us to answer these questions, it's really important to analyze current cash flow. It's always the first report that I pop up when I'm going through this process because number one, we can make sure that we have, you know, entered you know numbers correctly, but number two, we can, um, it gives us a good idea about what's affordable now, which leads into what's affordable long-term. Right. Did I explain that okay? I feel like I'm, I'm kind of going on and on about that, but it's yeah. incredibly, no, I mean, we cool. want We want to, yeah, so number one is trying to get a successful plan. Yeah. 
you know, how do we get you how do we get you to the to the end line yeah. to, to the finish line yeah and then once we do that you know if we if we start um, yeah, adjusting things. Yeah. You know, how do, how does that change? You know, do you get there faster? Do you get there slower? Do you never do you never get there? Right. And and show them. You know, then they've got then they've got the 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 information and they and they can make their own decision. Okay. So for this test client that we have in the model, let's let's do a quick alteration, right? So let's say that um, we analyze their current cash and they're saying, you know, my uh, my son or daughter wants to go to this school and it's going to be sixty grand a year, right? Mm. They had this this particular client had a surplus of cash flow, right? Like they had some ability to either save or pay for, in this example, uh, college education, correct? What is their current year um, surplus of cash flow after they put money into their retirement accounts? Yeah, based on, you know, based on the expenses we, so yeah, so right now we have them basically putting in, you know, a good chunk in the 401k. Yeah. Uh, and also, let's see. I don't know if they're adding to the other. We also have they also have a non-qualified account that you plugged in here. Oh, okay. So they're um, saving for retirement. But yeah. yeah, but basically, yeah, they're putting a good chunk of money in the four hundred one k. But even after that, and they pay their taxes, they still have about twenty seven thousand dollars of you know free cash. Okay. So a discussion with this cl- with this client might be, you know, retirement looks pretty good at age sixty five, as we just talked about. You know, pretty good chance of the assets lasting for a, a normal you know retirement life expectancy to uh, twenty five years. Um, and and your surplus of cash right now is $27,000 a year based on these numbers. So theoretically, you have the ability if, if they have an, an incoming uh, college freshman right now, right? Kids are going off to college right now. Um, then they have the ability to pay out of free cash $27,000 a year in tuition. What if this tuition was $40,000 a year and they're saying, can I afford that or I mean, by the way, when you're when your kid is an incoming senior, maybe you should have already had these conversations. But for illustrative purposes, you know, the conversation with the client might be, okay, what if I need to? What if my outlay for college really needs to be forty thousand instead of twenty seven thousand? So the solution is, well, you know, there's a couple ways to model that. You take on loans and and you pay it off later. Or in this example, let's just model. This isn't wouldn't necessarily be the recommendation, but in this model, let's reduce what they're saving for retirement. Mm. and free up that $40,000 of cash flow and see how it affects that retirement score. So they had a good retirement score, 85%. Let's reduce their savings so they're not building their retirement nest egg as quickly. Um, And let's get their kids through college without them taking on debt. Another, um, so another, what's, you know, what's great about this is that not only are we doing, you know, we're doing what you're saying, you know, th- because there are so many um, subsequent, you know, effects. There's, you know, because if we reduce their 401k savings, now they're paying more in taxes. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. it takes, in, you yeah. know, it take, there's all those things, you know, right. so it's, it, there's all these different layers that it's hard to like think about, you know, just by saying, let's right. do this. Right. Because there are many, you know, ramifications that. Right. And that's why I was kind of saying that, that probably wouldn't, are you going to, can you do that real quick? Well, yeah. Uh, just kind of manip- reduce the 401k contrib- or that non qualified contribution so that it's f- the free cash is 40,000. Right. So that's not necessarily. That, that's why I was saying that wouldn't necessarily be a recommendation. It might actually be in their best interest to take some loans because, you know, you can get some um, Stafford loans that you can get at a pretty low um, interest rate and it might be more beneficial um, to take those loans and have, you know, have pay, pay a low interest versus reducing your 401k and paying more taxes. Yeah, I mean, th- this would obviously be something that would be... Um, advice would be tailored to the actual client, but I think it's probably just easier for right now to model. By the way, whether you reduce your 401k contribution and pay out of cash flow or you take a loan and pay the loan later, you're still short that money and it has to be paid from somewhere at some time. So the overall big, big, big picture model is probably not all that different whether we reduce or we the 401k or we take on the loan. So um, are you able... So this person had an 85% chance of success in their original plan and now they're saying, well, you know what? I can't save as hard for um, retirement because my kid needs to go through college and what does that look like? So, yeah, so we... um, now the you know the Monte Carlo score it went from eighty five to seventy seven. Okay, so that's a 
an, an impact, yep. but not a very significant impact. Um, but that's just, you know, and that client might be like, okay, no worries. We can always retire a year or two later. You know, we can always, maybe we'll sell the house and downsize later. You know, there's there's a lot of variables in there that are kind, that are kind of a buffer. Um, but that's that's probably a small enough change that they can feel probably okay with that increased cost of college and their reduced savings. Yeah, um, I mean, in their in their case, you know, in this particular case, they'd already amassed a pretty good amount yep. in their 401k. So, yep. you know, depending on where you are in life, this, right. this, 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 it could have different, you know, different answers. Right. Uh, you know, they, had, they already had a pretty good chunk of savings and they already had a, a lot of the cash covered, you know, right. so it wasn't like they were, go, you know, going to zero uh, on the 401k and or taking on debt. Yeah. Uh, they were already, you know, they were kind of in a position to, to make this happen. Yeah. You know, I, I work with a fair amount of like 30 somethings that don't have kids yet. And one of the things we talk about is, you know, I can think of a few 30 something clients that I have that, um, you know, life is less expensive when you don't have kids. And, um, <laughs> And they, I have some of these clients that are just good savers. They, they make good money. They're maxing in their 401ks. They have extra money left over. Um, you know, maybe they're putting money in a Roth if they're eligible. So, you know, they're, they're doing all the right things. They're doing all the right things from a retirement point of view. And sometimes I have a conversation. I can think of one I had recently with a 30 something or almost 40 something. And, and the conversation was kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm maxing my 401k, I'm maxing my Roth and I still have money left over. What should I do with it? And, and, you know, do I, do I put it in another type of account and save it for late for retirement or for later? Or do I, or do I spend it, you know? And I'm kind of like, you know, there's lots of, there's lots of, we, you know, talk this out quite a bit, but one of the conversations is if you, if you end up having kids later and having to worry about college later, it's currently not a concern for you, but if you end up having to, to worry about that later, if you start a family, you will be incredibly happy that you worked so hard at the beginning to build your portfolio because it takes the pressure way off when it comes to getting kids through college. Because I can think of several clients that are, you know, fast forward, they did work hard to save early in their life from a retirement point of view. And, and, and then all of a sudden their kids are in middle school and getting into high school and they're kind of like, well, we haven't really focused on college yet. You know, maybe I'm just meeting them, right? right. <laughs> if I had met them earlier, we would have focused on college earlier. But, um, but, but in those situations, when someone has accumulated a, a really good nest egg for retirement, I actually have a, an example very recently where, you know, they were putting a, still putting a good amount in their 401k, but they have an incoming high school. It was either a freshman or a sophomore and, and it's getting real from a college point of view. So we had the conversation, you know, I know this is like, might be a little bit um, non-traditional, this recommendation, but I think it's time to lower your 401k contribution and shift your focus. And we were able to do this model where retirement still looked okay with a pretty significantly reduced 401k right. contribution. Because that'd be a tough recommendation to give just blindly. Oh, without, absolutely. Yeah, without, without, without doing this. Perfect yeah. point. Yeah. It, perfect point that, you, yeah, that's a very, very non-traditional recommendation. Right. And also, yeah, you can't do that blindly. You can't do that without manipulating, sorry, used it again, manipulating uh, a financial model mm -hmm. because we were able to say, okay, this is a little bit scary. We're going to reduce the 401k. We're basically cut the 401k contribution in half and we're going to, we're going to do it. Um, and you're, and it's still retirement at a, you know, reasonable, normal retirement age still looks okay. And let's shift our focus to getting the kids through college without you incurring a ton of debt and without the kids incurring a ton of debt. Um, I'm getting all excited. This is very fun. I love this. I love financial modeling. I'm just going to throw that out there. I also love taxes. Just throw that out, that out there as well. And spreadsheeting. And yes. Ross. And <laughs> that's spreadsheeting all the things you Ross. love. I'm going to make you a t-shirt. <laughs> I would love a t-shirt. I heart. Yeah. I heart Roth IRAs. Yeah. I heart spreadsheets. Mm -hmm. I need I need several t-shirts. I yeah. feel like you can't put those all in the same t-shirt. Mm, okay. Um, it could just be like an I heart and then a picture of a spreadsheet. That'd be really, that'd be really fun. There's no picture of a Roth. It would have to be I love Roths. Um, better yet, we're going to get some of those for our clients. T-shirts that say I love Roth IRAs. Okay. I love Roths. No. Tim, would you wear that if you were my client and I had to give you a I, I love Roth IRAs? I may. I like the idea. It's creative. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Yeah. It would certainly set us apart. <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah. 
You'd be the only one with yeah. yeah. In like, your wait, on your block, what? in your city. Oh. Then everyone says, "Hey, where'd you get that shirt?" And say, "Let me tell you." Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Let me yep. give you the name of my advisor yeah. who does actually heart Roth IRAs. Marketing yeah. genius. Okay. Um, all right. So I think we sort of hammered home that point about um, about uh, analyzing cash flow, um, altering uh, the big picture plan in order to solve for in this example, um, college. Yeah. But I, I do think that this um, this could also be used for, you know, gi- gifting is, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm super wealthy and I'm going to start gifting my assets to, to avoid estate taxes. Um, in our world, that's what it can mean if, you know, if you're going to have an estate tax problem and you're a multimillionaire and, and you can start gifting to your, uh, your, your heirs in advance of your death, you can reduce your estate tax burden and you can also watch your heirs, you know, enjoy um, some of the fruits of your labor or your, or your, your savings. Um, but gifting can also just mean, you know, your, your grandkids going to go to college someday and maybe you want to tuck f- a few hundred bucks a month into a no account for them. Or it can mean, um, you know, your your son or daughter is trying to buy their first home and, and you might want to allocate some, some dollars for that. Um, yeah, yeah, to. or anything. Uh, if, yeah, you're, you know, your yeah, son or daughter needs a car and you want to give them, you know, $20,000 or something yep. and, you know, can they afford to do that? Yeah, or, and also, you know, another example is your son or daughter did have to take on some student loans and maybe now you're in a position that you think maybe you can help pay those down for them. Um, or same thing with, you know, we've seen it with grandkids as well. But so, th- so this obviously is multi-purpose. That's this, this um, alteration of a long-term big picture financial plan is multi-purpose, which is the whole intent of this show, the ever-evolving financial plan, the ever-evolving retirement plan, I guess. Um, it, but, it, you know, we can sort of use it to solve for anyone, any thinking you might have in the realm of what else can I afford um, in analyzing the cash flow and testing the big picture plan is the best way to solve for that. Um, all right. I think we got to take a break here in a minute. I think after the break, we could talk about um, insurance and how we can test a financial plan or model or mold or manipulate a financial plan in order to test for insurance coverage. That's also a very um, useful one. Uh, I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. You're listening to McNamara on Money. We are going to just take a two-minute break and we'll be right back.